Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about how to manage gym anxiety. This is a very common uh, topic that I feel like I talk about on social media, but then also with clients in general. And Mm. something that's sort of come to light for me is that gym anxiety or even just anxiety in general, right? It doesn't discriminate when it comes to experience or knowledge. And a lot of people that do, I guess, put on like a really confident face. Sometimes, you know, there is a little bit of anxiety behind it. So today we really wanted to talk specifically about gym anxiety. Uh, I feel like a lot of people would be able to resonate with that. And of course, like both Danny and I remember back when we first started (laughs) training or being in new, new environments where we do feel some sense of gym anxiety as well. Definitely. So anxiety can be felt in the body, just like heightened activation. It's just like, Mm. you feel like you need to move and then your brain puts labels on things. So it's like, it can be a good anxiety. Like if you're excited for something, we all remember as a kid, like Christmas is coming and you'd have that excited, anxious feeling. Um, Or then there could be a big talk that you have to do or a presentation and then you get the same feelings, but your brain attributes it to something that scares you a little bit. But if you sit back and pay attention, the increased heart rate, the jittery, the butterflies, you might need to go to the toilet, you feel a bit sick. It's all similar feelings. Um, It's just what we label it that sort of differentiates. Yeah. A lot of people underestimate that fact too, Danny, like it is experienced so much in the body and not just in the brain. You don't have to, I guess, be like worried about something to be experiencing some level of anxiety in your, in your body. A really Mm. good example, because I just resonated with what you were saying was obviously I launched the women's health movement this week and I haven't had an appetite for the last (sighs) week. And I was saying to Luke, I'm always hungry. Yeah. Like, like, come on. If you know that something's like not quite right, it's when I'm not eating. Right. And Mm. I was like, I was eating more for habit. You know, I was like, oh, it's, it's lunch. I better eat. Or I've just gone to the gym. I'll have a protein shake, but I just didn't have an appetite. And Mm. it took me a while to wrap my head around as to why. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm just like subconsciously holding on to a little bit of stress in the body. Mm -hmm. And there's other data as well, like sleep and other things that have, you know, obviously shown me that, but it's really important to understand that stress impacts you, every cell in your body. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only like your mental capacity and stopping you from doing certain things, but also like digestion, you know, reproductive health, skin, um, lots of other aspects. So if we don't deal with things like gym anxiety, they can bottle up and they can manifest and show in like unproductive ways. Absolutely. And then sort of any, there's always one thing that sort of tips you over in the end. So it's, it's really cool to be able to tap into your own body. And, and if you feel yourself getting into that really anxious state, like slowing down before it kind of cascades. Um, Mm. But when it comes to the gym, I mean, you mentioned some examples before, if it's a new environment, if you're new to training, or you've got a new program, you don't really know what you're doing. Or like all of us have been in lockdown and you kind of forget what it's like to be in a big room filled with people. That's actually been my biggest one where I'm like, ooh, that 
feels mm. a little bit odd because I'm still, you know, able to talk to everyone and, and interact, but I just feel myself um, really heightened just because I'm there are moving people, there are sounds, there are light, like there are, yeah, lots of differences happening. Um, mm. So we're breaking down today in four easy takeaway tips just so you can really manage your version of gym anxiety and just to know that you're not alone and a lot of us feel it. Mm, Absolutely. Definitely not alone. I'm actually really surprised at how common this is. I don't personally experience this regularly myself. Um, I definitely have in the past, like you said, Danny, new programs, new exercises, um, new gyms, new environments, new people, lots of stimulus. Uh, It can put you, I guess, a bit of pressure on you. And then whenever we have this external pressure, we have this sense of like adrenaline that sort of comes in us and we can experience that in a way of anxiety. So Mm -hmm. like Danny said, we really just wanted to break down four key strategies for anyone who might be experiencing um, some gym anxiety particularly now that lockdown's um, finished in most countries in the world and you are heading back to an environment that you haven't been in before. Yeah, yeah. And this is also for the everyday gym go up, but then also for trainers too. Mm. I mean, I remember when I first started as a trainer, you'd get that sort of anxious feeling when your client would come because you don't know what they're going to show up with. And I remember Mm. the typical um, gym floor shifts you'd have clients booked in that you've never met because there was no real Instagram that you'd suss each other out first. They would literally rock up and you had like 30 minutes to write this person that you've never met a whole gym program. Like I'll never forget that just starting out. I think times have changed a little bit now, but having a client that you don't know what they're going to come in with or a new Mm -hmm. conversation, it can bring it on as a trainer too. So yeah, this is for gym goers and trainers. Mm. Um, Really good point though, Danny, mm. because it's something for trainers and coaches to be really mindful of. You've got a new person come to the gym. You might feel like this is a piece of cake and everything's easy and record your training and do all the things for me. Um, But then at the end of the day, you know, nine out of 10 new gym goers are probably feeling some level of arousal or anxiety about doing something for the first time. It'd be the same as someone like, you know, gave me a clarinet and said, off you go. I'd be like, what What an instrument choice. I used to play it. Oh, I was going to say, that's (laughs) great. We need a musical episode. You can make our new intro. You know how we're talking about potential. Get you on the clarinet. Yeah, get me on the clarinet. (laughs) Why? Come on. Could you not have done something cool like a guitar or piano? I played guitar, just FYI. Oh, here we go. We've got Bev's butthead. We're coming with the duo (laughs) clarinet. Sorry, we're going off track. But, yeah, I think it's a really good point, Danny, because um, (laughs) if you're a coach and you've got clients I hope they feel safe enough to tell you this. Firstly, that they're feeling anxious. That's huge, creating that psychological safety. But then also, what are you going to do with it? What advice are you going to tell them? Get over it or just do it? You know, it's not, it's easier said than done. Um, And, you know, we both, I know, encourage our clients to film in the gym, Mm. you know, for us to get feedback visually, we need that. And that can be really intimidating for someone who's experiencing this. So I've definitely had to do a lot of like mindset work with clients to be able to be like, how can we get you to see this with a, a growth lens and trying to remove the voices in your head and approach this in a different way so you can start making progress. Yeah, exactly right. And that's when you sort of coined like the whole team tripod thing that took off a little while ago. And so many people now have cameras, but I can understand how if you're uncomfortable in what you're doing in itself, filming yourself can bring that on a little bit. But at the end of the day, most people are just worried about looking at themselves. They're Mm. not judging you. If they are, that's their loss and a reflection on them. And I know that's so cliche, but it's so true. And we need to keep reiterating that. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it like you said, it's it's everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. Yeah. And I've had comments when I've recorded and I've had people say stuff to me and you know, I don't get it as much anymore. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> you probably give them an evil look back. Or yeah, like, yeah. They just know them I'll hit more. them over the head with my son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the tripods are hard. Bang. <laughs> they are. But, yeah, the first point I guess we want to go over is um, gradual exposure. Mm. So this is really important for coaches and trainers to keep in mind when you, whenever you're, um, I guess, coaching a new client through a training program. Like how can we introduce some of these concepts in a gradual way? Yeah. You're not going to give a client like a pendulum squat into a reverse banded hack squat and then a deadlift and, you mm. know, that if they're a newbie right? You want to give yeah. them exercises um, that they're comfortable with and expose them to the environment gradually. Maybe the sessions are only going for 30 minutes. Mm. There's lots of ways that you can key this gradual exposure to make it more comfortable for a client. Absolutely. I had someone reach out to me on Instagram and hello, if they're listening um, and they sent me their whole program and said, do you want to look at it? I'm like, okay, well, it's already there. So I'm kind of reading it without, without realizing. Um, and there was literally for each body part, like eight different exercises and they all had one and a quarter reps, this, that. So it was one of those fancy Instagram exercises. And she's like, yeah, I haven't been at the gym before. So I'm like, okay, we need to take out all of the one and a quarter reps, all of the rest pauses and, and all of those methods. Pick three exercises that you like and that you're comfortable with for each body part or four and just start there. So yep. really strip it back, as you said, gradual exposure to the movements. And even a discussion with your client would be good on what they feel comfortable doing, mm. you know, because if, if even if there's not many um, exercises on their program and they're still not confident with those three or four that you picked, it doesn't help anyone either. So have a conversation. What do you enjoy doing? Which machine is in an area that you're comfortable with? I remember yep. a lot of new clients didn't want to walk all the way down the yep. back of the gym in front of everyone. Have mm. that discussion too and then build from there. Yeah, that's a really good point. Something I like to do is um, if I if there's a client that's got gym anxiety or, you know, something's not feeling right in the gym, one, if I know the gym that they're training at and I've been there, or two, if they send me a little video of mm. the gym and upload it, I can say, okay, cool, the seated leg curl is next to the leg extension. Yeah, You know, and I don't have to get them roaming around the gym floor looking for something or supersetting mm. something, you know, opposite sides, especially since a lot of gyms like might have multiple rooms yes. um, or like, like you said, equipment's just on different areas that they might not feel as comfortable in. So mm -mm. those tiny little things, right, it, do it doesn't take a whole lot of willpower or cognition to be able to do that, but it makes a world of difference for the client. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people kind of think, oh, my program says to superset, but I'm not like, I'm not going to get the results. Well, no, actually, because yeah. then if supersetting was the only option and then you don't feel comfortable doing it, you're not going to complete the program anyway. So you yeah. may as well complete it in segments. Like that's more than fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I suppose the timing um, of the gym, like oh, when you train, so all gyms have peak times generally in the morning and then sort mm. of that after work time. If you don't have to go at those times, don't go like the middle of the day or even a little, some people love a little bit later at night, you know, just mm. really pay attention to peak times too. Yeah. I love that. Like midday session. I know not everyone oh, can do that. We've but, got the luxury to, yeah. well, actually a lot of coaches have the luxury to do that too. For sure. They have their morning clients and their nighttime clients. But mm. as a coach too, if you're 
new to training people, the last thing you want to do is try and coordinate your client during peak time. It's just a disaster. So move your coaching time to the middle of the day too, if you can. Yeah. I used to call it tradie hour. You used to yeah, just avoid yeah, the gym the at trade hour. Come in, oh, the, 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 the steel cap boots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Avoid trade hour um, <laughs> if possible. Or like, you know, weekend workout as well. It's just Sunday about like a sesh. Sunday sesh. Obsessed. You can just go at different times as well to make sure that it does cater for you. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, keeping your workouts basic with minimal equipment and then going at off peak times um, is really a great strategy. Mm. The other thing that um, I thought was a really good one that a client actually bring up to me I sort of was asking her about well what do you do when like what helps with that and she was like oh sometimes I'll just go to the gym and I'll just like walk on the treadmill and I'm like that's a great strategy you know what it is because you're walking on the treadmill and you're sussing out the environment yeah. you're sussing it out you're like there's the leg press there's the hack squat there's Betty you know you're Betty. sussing <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yes. And I was like, "That's actually a strategy." I feel like you're a you're a lion in the in the in the desert, like looking out, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, that could be a tactic. Like, not only are you doing a, a great warm up to aid with blood flow and those sorts of things as well, and bring up your core temperature, but it's allowing you to ease into a new environment. Mm. And I think whenever we feel anxious about environments, having a really um, dedicated transition period is going to be really helpful to calm those nerves. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And then even if you don't want to go on the treadmill, which is an awesome idea, I would recommend that. But depending on where they're located, um, just go on the foam roller a little bit. Normally there's an area with mats or something. You can just go on the foam roller and suss it out too. So, yeah, I really like that. I used to do that too, actually, and like suss out where the toilets are, where the lockers are. Normally someone should show you around the gym, but sometimes you're so like, overwhelmed that you sort of forget what they're doing and you forget their name and it's just so it's nice like you said like the lion just going on your own accord and sussing it out but don't attack anyone yeah well I feel like we all do it but I didn't know it was a strategy like a resource Mm. that a lot of us were actually defaulting because we wanted to suss out the environment right and the more I thought about it I'm like you know, it would just be cool if people knew maybe that's why we're doing it. And I think yep. back to whenever I go to a new gym, I think I default to doing something like that. Whereas now I probably just pretty much go straight to the exercise or the machine or whatever I'm doing. Cause I'm like, we're here. I'm here and I'm just <laughs> getting into it. And these are my warm up sets and off I go, you know, yeah. I go to the area mm. rather than like, you know, cardio equipment's at the front of the gym, usually going mm. in, out the area. So yeah, really good strategy. Yeah. Awesome. Um, And then that will help you build your confidence. So the second point, yeah, building confidence. So try and have a workout planned, like have it on your phone as what everyone does, because, and I use this example all the time. It's like going into Kmart with a shopping list. You'll just end up bloody buying everything that you don't need and you're lost and you're there for 10 hours and you come out all sweaty, but really happy. But um, yeah, so just make sure it's planned. Okay. Your workouts, like your shopping list, you know exactly Mm. where you need to go. You don't get distracted. Or um, also have some alternatives because Mm. if you're so like religiously stuck to your plan and then someone's on the leg press and then you're like, oh, no. Okay, so try and have one or two alternatives as well. Yeah. Throwing it back to like when I first started in the gym, here we go. Um, (laughs) I used to, when I was like 
you know, I probably had some gym anxiety. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I used to just go to the gym, but I always spent 10 minutes just sitting down, writing out my program or writing out my thing on pen and paper. I kid you Uh, not in the crop top, you know, back in the day when you'd have the headset cords in your bra, um, you know, I used to write it down. And if I did not know an exercise, I'd go on YouTube and I'd watch how to do it. This is before Mm. we all just had like iPhones with internet on our, you know, and just carrying that around to the gym. So yeah. yeah, I used to write it down on pen and paper and research before I'd go and again look up well if that wasn't there what would I do who could I ask mm. what would I do instead um it's 2021 and I feel like no one has an excuse to not be able to have their planned workout or something yep. on their phone um yep. we have to take ownership over that and be like look I can find something I just have to either sign up to something get a coach mm. um or scribble something in my notes before I go Yeah. Yeah. And as you said, ask someone as well. Like I feel like a lot of people are more resistant to have human interaction. Like we're still people. We don't always have to resort to technology. If there's a a friendly trainer there or someone at the front desk or whoever, just ask, have a chat, and then you'll get to meet someone that way as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I just think the worst thing you could do is like winging it, you know, for your confidence. If you're already feeling unconfident about something, you need a plan of attack. Mm. That's how you make sure that you've got the steps in place that, you know, to set yourself up for success. Yeah. And what you can also do if you don't like walking around the gym, let's just say you've landed a spot on the cables, try and do as many exercise variations um, Mm. on there. You can do shoulders, biceps, triceps, or whatever, pull throughs, depending on what you're training. Like once you find your bench or your spot, Mm. Try and just have all your exercise variations there. Very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And the other point as well is just wear comfortable clothes. Mm. I know this sounds like a no-brainer, but I didn't even know how many times I've gone to the gym and I'm like, I know I shouldn't have worn this top. I'm so uncomfortable. And whenever you're uncomfortable, you lose your confidence, right? So it's just about if you're going back to the gym for the first time, if you're in a building phase, not feeling fab in your skin, if if there's things that are already pushing your confidence down a little bit, wear something that's super comfortable. It's Mm going to help you with that confidence and energy level too. Yeah. And what I do or used to do, um, you just don't get dressed and then straight away go to the gym because you need to feel out your clothes. So get (laughs) dressed and do some squats or make sure your socks don't fall down. Mm. There's nothing worse than when your socks are in your shoe. It's game over. Or when you have to spend the whole gym time picking your wedgie. I've had all of this happen to me. (laughs) Or your top's too small and you're doing bench press and you're scared you're going to flush everyone. It's just a disaster. So get dressed potter around the house for a little bit, eat, do whatever, practice a few squats, MIC through, no, we're good. And then, and then go to the gym. Yeah. Don't just get dressed and go. Absolutely. You don't want the trial and error while you're there. Mine is the crop tops. You yeah. know, obviously with implants as well, I've had all these cute little crop tops. And then I get there and I'm like, this isn't functional. You know, everyone <laughs> sort of laughs at me because I've been wearing this same Kmart gray crop top for like four years yeah good when you find a goodie you need <laughs> oh everyone's like where's it from my Kmart yes <laughs> but I'm like it's so goddamn comfortable yeah. and whenever I'm having a hard session it's the Kmart gray crop top that comes out it's durable <laughs> you know it's got impact and there's no cleavage flying everywhere Perfect. you know so it's it's just about finding those staples um the equipment your straps like everything your shoes mm. there's nothing worse than uncomfortable shoes yeah um to make sure that your performance matches what you want 
Yeah, and you want to be feeling good as well. So some mm. people like covering up a bit more. Some people don't like covering up. It's yep. whatever the hell yeah. you want. Some people like a bit of makeup. I put a bit of powder on because I want to feel good, and that's fine. Some people don't want makeup. Like, who gives a shit? It's just about what allows you to feel good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the next dot point um, is increased dopamine. Now, I don't know if anyone else has listened, but Andrew Huberman did a really good podcast on dopamine um, and training in general, like within, you know, the fitness realm. And I thought it was a really, um, really great podcast with lots of awesome takeaways. But the main thing that I really wanted to explain with the increased dopamine is that dopamine is obviously like that happy um, chemical in our brain um, that drives that reward pathway system. So we do something um, that we deem as good or reward we get a dopamine hit that makes us feel even better and therefore we're more likely to repeat that behavior. Mm. Um, There's lots of ways, and Andrew goes into this quite in detail in his podcast, there's lots of ways that we can mimic this, uh, this dopamine reward system. And you've probably heard about a lot of these strategies when it comes to building habits as Mm. well. Probably one of the most fundamental ways um, of mimicking that dopamine reward pathway. But just some examples of how you can do that is asking a close friend if you can go together. Having a training partner or having social engagement and human connection is one of the best ways to be able to mimic this reward pathway and secrete some dopamine. Yeah, and then you don't feel alone. You've got someone that you can sort of suss out the environment with. You have a laugh. There's nothing better than having an awesome training partner that you can just have fun with. Um, And, of course, naturally it would increase the dopamine um, I'm all about, and I know you are too, because you've got your own um, Train With Sherelle playlist, but have, yeah, some sick tracks. Like it just, it just makes the mood like, mm. and whatever mood you're feeling, but having your headphones, having the music that makes you feel good, that might calm you down or might pep you up. Like that's massive too. I really yeah. love that. And a lot of people think, you know, don't rely on external too many external factors, but mm. I think it's safe to have a few. Like, Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that's one of the things that he actually mentions is like if you have too many things that provoke this pathway, if you have a friend, if you have your playlist, you have your coffee, you have everything else, yeah, um, you can become awesome. dependent on these things. But I almost feel like if you're someone who's experiencing gym anxiety, it's probably not you. You probably need a little bit of that boost of dopamine to be able to get you in the door. Dopamine is what drives motivation. You know, a lot of people think that you're just motivated. um, And if you don't feel like doing something, we have to make it pleasurable. The way we make it pleasurable is through dopamine. Um, Something that I might do, like, you know, I love a little bit of chocolate pre-workout. I don't know anyone else. What's Coffee, your chocolate, chocolate of choice? Oh, just like man. a dark, just like I've really loved like dark limp chocolate. <gasps> Have you had the salted workout. caramel? I literally went for a walk early and bought that. Yeah, it's the best. Oh. Like just a lid, couple of squares. Yeah. It's actually one of my favorite pre-workouts to be able to have because I don't You're like good. a big, I don't like a huge carb hit before I train. I get a bit jittery. I actually and need gassy. Like, Sorry, yeah, and gassy. <laughs> like I have to have gluten-free before I train because okay, this is a story that I needed to. Oh, I don't know. I'm, Go gonna, on. I'm telling now doing okay. Pre-training nutrition is freaking important because it happened to me and I'm not a gross person or whatever. Um, I, I had heaps of that sugar-free maple syrup because it tastes so good. Right. And we all know what happened to you and the slushy. <laughs> But fuck, when you're going for like a heavy deadlift and if you've got gas in your stomach, like, I lost my, well, yeah, you know what happens. You let some air out by accident. Fuck, pray no one hears, but it's actually so dangerous for your back. 
Like mm. I nearly fucking hurt my back because of that sugar-free maple syrup. So ne- yeah, like if you, because you think about it, if you do a mm. fart while you did this, which so many people do, <laughs> like you lose your brace and yeah. you jolt and it's yeah. fucking scary and it's embarrassing. So yeah, pre-training nutrition, like be mindful. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, yeah, and it's bloody, yeah. Imagine being that person that hurts your back because oh. you're doing a dead. Looks like that's just shit. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, oh no, really good point. It's actually like I like to have a big meal and then I'll have something small before I go. Like mm-hmm. I don't like to eat something big just before I go. <laughs> Hopefully that reason. That's also one of the main reasons why I went off a lot of that stuff. Like oh, I haven't the, touched it since. Yeah, the devil's in yeah. the dose, but the cheaper, the sweetener, the worse it is. So yeah. when you buy those things, you know, and I guess just just going off for a little bit. But the reason why they don't have calories in it. Is because our body can't absorb it. Yeah. So it goes through you. It's designed to. We all remember the slushy story, right? <laughs> Never again. Um, you know, that sugar-free stuff, nothing's for free in my opinion, and that goes no. for calories as well. Um, to be true, isn't it? <laughs> what are we talking about? I did have something to say. Oh, I was going to say, you know, I was at the gym the other day and I actually watched a girl hurt her back really badly doing a hip thrust. I wanted to get on my story and talk about it, but I was oh, like, God, nah. save her the embarrassment. No, I'll save it the embarrassing because I was like, it's too soon. <laughs> well, we're talking like, about it here. No, 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 because I'd never seen someone do it with a hip thrust. Yeah, that's I've why never I make seen... so many damn posts because most of the girls that come to me with sore backs, it's because of the hip thrust, man. Yeah, it was mm. like literally, literally, it was it was one of the, I was like, I haven't seen someone bust their back with a hip thrust, but she was obviously um, doing like, you know, tipping the bucket. Yeah, that form. And she went full white and and was like blue lips. And I was just like, yeah, it was not good. Obviously, when you go, when you do something, you go into like a bit of a shock. Yeah, yeah. Bless the poor trainers. Like, obviously, I've seen that sort of stuff. Just lay down. I was like, just lay down. Like, you'll be fine. But then, like, you're so calm in like, because you've been a midwife, you've seen it all. Yeah. One. Yeah, they were like, you know, I'm like, no, just lay down. Like, she's just going through a bit of shock. She didn't yeah. actually, you know, it's not like she was bleeding out. Well, so, yeah, yeah, no. You can hear the right. nurse in me. It's fine. It's her blood. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was just, I just really wanted to voice this somewhere. Thank you. Be careful getting back into things. Mm. You know, it's just really mm. important that we take things slowly because, you, you know, it's not like she had five kilos on the bar. And yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's just I just really wanted you just brought brought that up when it come to the busting your back sort of thought, and I just wanted to highlight it. Yeah, no, it's important, and that's why you know it's it's just with that movement, like any movement under load is not good, mm. like under heavy load. I mean, and that's mm. why we always talk about you know just hip hinge your hip thrust, don't yeah. do the posterior pelvic tilt, and you still see it on Instagram, and it's yeah. like, well. Fuck, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So just hip hinge. I mean, you and I hip hinge your thrust and we have glutes. So like it's you still grow your glutes. So I don't know yeah. what these people are saying, like that extra inch at the top. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I don't but know like, why it's taught like that. It doesn't even feel good. Who like well, yeah, like, well, Brett Contreras is an absolute king of glutes and all that. And he did teach it that way. Mm. Um, but then now it's sort of down the track, we're merging, you know, the work of Stuart McGill and and other spinal specialists and we've recognized well you you shouldn't separate the back and the hips i mean Mm. if you're training your glutes and hips your back's right there so we need that bracing we need that stability to be able to have optimal um movement and strength in the glutes and hips as well so Mm. just keep everything fixed just like you would a deadlift 
hip hinge it just like yeah. you would a squat. We don't post like butt wing down the bottom. We don't deadlift with a rounded back. We don't want to thrust with a rounded back either. Yeah, yeah very true. And then like you said, like obviously when you add load to this, it's so much like it. the the stronger you get, the more important these things become because the mm. smallest tweaks and the smallest changes you know, and I just, I felt for the trainers and I just felt mm. for the people. I felt for everyone. I was mm. like, this is shit. Like injury sucks. Like, you mm. know, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up back yeah. to the dopamine anyways, yeah. um, increasing dopamine. The last thing, which is um, one, not only important for us from a behavioral standpoint, but two, um, incredibly important for compliance. And obviously this dopamine pathway is setting micro goals to accomplish and celebrating the small wins. Mm. You know, you add one kilo to the bar. That's a win. Yep. You know, it feels better this week. That's a win. A lot of technology and apps and people, coaches, trainers in general do this too, um, are really good at giving out positive reinforcement or from apps, gamification. I don't know if yeah. anyone else notices, but, you know, the things that ding and social media. Yeah, and you all close sort of the circles stuff. on your Fitbit and all yep. that stuff. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Celebrating, hitting your macros, yep. all those sorts of things. They are working from this reward pathway in mm. your brain on a subconscious level. You don't even know it. So yep. if you have an app, that you're doing your training with, engage with it, um, tick it off, mark those things. I mm. used to, on my, you know, um, training journals, cross it off yeah. and, oh, you know, all that, that sort of stuff. It does mm. actually work on a neurological level to make it more pleasurable and therefore more uh, or therefore reinforced and repeated. Yeah. Celebrate the small wins, as you said. I mean, high achievers and people like us who are always, you know, all right, we've done this thing. What's next? What's next? It's a dangerous territory to enter and you end up being so hard on yourself. Like we've all had those days where you're kind of like, oh, I didn't really do much today. But then if you actually sit and reflect on what you've done, like you've done some really cool things Um, and you don't always have to just have a thousand different things. Like you might have one conversation with someone And that will just snowball your future and and be all the difference that you need. So celebrate those things and look for them. Um, But I did find it interesting in that podcast um, how he was almost telling you not to celebrate too much because Mm. which I'm kind of like, oh, I like celebrating stuff. But he makes sense because then you end up relying on it. And and that's Mm. how we get addicted to things. Like, for example, coffee. You'll Mm. have half a coffee when you first start or half a pre-workout and it, you know, does its thing, then you need a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. And that's the same with dopamine. So then by the end, you might think that you won't be able to have a good workout if you don't have, you know, the music, the clothes, the friends, whatever. And then that's not good either. So celebrate your wins with caution, but don't overdo it. I think everyone can relate when you rock up and your AirPods are flat or you've forgotten them or something and it feels like the end of the world. And it's actually Mm. really good for you to be able to practice doing that. But I also listen to everyone's conversation. But I also think there's a difference between intrinsically rewarding yourself and extrinsically um, Mm. relying on something. So relying on music, relying on caffeine, we're relying on those sorts of things versus celebrating internally, being like, I've done a good job. I've ticked this off, crossing that off. It's obviously that balance. Um, In saying that, if you're someone who's having gym anxiety, pre-workout probably isn't a good idea. Oh, true. You know, think about what that actually does. Like pre-workout mm. is there to increase um, those those stimulation hormones, adrenaline, cortisol, yeah. to get you geared up. Mm. And in reality, when you're someone who is feeling anxious, you've got all that going through your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. A really good example is I did a presentation the other day and I was nervous and my aura ring tracked that as cardio. The same oh. with the launch. 
Oh. <laughs> I was sitting there 55 minutes on the bike, it thought. Um, wow. <laughs> but See? that's, you know, it's not a bad thing. We use that to do shit. Yeah. You know, I use nerves to be able to make sure that I can express that and do a good job. So mm. it's just about understanding that stress is stress on the body, right? And if you are feeling anxious, you're already tightly stimulated. You mm. need more things that are going to calm you down, like maybe mm. that five-minute walk on the treadmill just to ease you into things and thinking mm. about how you can have more of a parasympathetic approach to your training yeah. rather than just gearing yourself up more because, that again, that might sound very obvious, but to a lot of people, it's not. A lot of people no. probably don't know the mechanics of how pre workout actually works. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's got all that artificial stuff. I've stopped taking pre workout. I just have coffees and, yeah. and whatever. Um, yeah, but it's also good to let everyone know that we still feel nervous about things oh, like sure. all the time. And, and, or not even nervous, but just that, well, that energy as well. But I love having that energy because we harness it. Like you did your presentation. And when I do my seminars, I get jittery as all hell. Mm. Um, but I use that to be on, like mm. I'm louder. My eyes are more open. You're more animated. Yep. We all do it. Even before this, you just get in the headspace, you harness that. Um, and then you just use it, but yeah, it's cool to be able to be aware of it and you can't let it take over. Like, like the first time when I competed, you just sort of don't like your body's doing the thing, but your mind's not there. So it's really cool just to be able to sit back and recognize, mm-hmm. okay, I feel my heart rate's increasing. My stomach's a bit rumbly. I'm, I'm about to do something. I'm getting mm-hmm. ready for it, but then take a few breaths and just try and be present as well. Otherwise they can just sort of overtake everything. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, something I say to myself whenever I do feel anxious or nervous, I say sort of, am I nervous or am I excited? Mm. Because to me, I can find it really difficult to physically distinguish the two um, because I do experience it the same. You know, I am quite a hyperactive person. Mm. Do I say I do carry a lot of that around a lot of the time? Mm. Um, And for me, it's really helpful when I can express it. So like what you're saying, like using your hands, being able to actually um, get rid of that excitement Mm. and not hold it back rather than what a lot of people tell you to do like I'll oh, just be quiet just sort of and I'm like no it's how I express yeah. it it's and if I try to like suppress that it does turn into like an anxious feeling mm. and it's not a good thing to sort of contain so mm. I think um yeah whenever you're in those situations be like am I nervous or am I excited for this opportunity am I nervous to be at the gym am I excited to work on myself and mm. I think it's actually Tony Robbins that sort of says like no you know, Mel Robbins I was gonna say is it yeah oh, wait you say yours I don't know the, the nervous <laughs> or, sorry the nervous or excitement thing is mel robbins she does oh, an it? amazing ted talk on it but oh. t- what does tony say good old tony. um what's he say sorry uh, i put you off no 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 he says um like when you're going through hard things laugh and smile and and, and try oh, and right. express it because if you're feeling grateful or excited it's hard to feel um depression or those other things on a on a neurological level whereas mm. if you tell yourself i'm anxious you know, and I experienced this with like sleep anxiety. If I'd say to myself, oh, this isn't happening and sort of you manifest this thing in your brain and it gets bigger Mm. and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden you could have been excited, but now you're really anxious because you've Mm. talked yourself into it. Literally, I've become so good at doing that over lockdown. I've never been such a, like, I've, I've always just been so chill, but yeah, you start to really, your thoughts just like, can get the better of you and you have to catch yourself out yep. or change your state as he says as well and mm. it doesn't mean suppress like how you're feeling I mean we're allowed to feel highs and lows but like 
kind of ask yourself, is this true? Like, am I actually feeling X, Y, Z? And you mentioned um, a storyteller, like off air, you mentioned something about the storyteller. So the Mm. storyteller can pop in and say, this is what's happening, blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of challenge that and say, well, Mm. actually, no, that's not what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the biggest things when it comes to self-awareness is being able to remove emotion and separate it from who you are as a person. And that's why labeling things as like, what's the storyteller telling me today when I go into the gym? Are they going to laugh at you? You know, you're recording yourself. What are they going to think? Is Mm. this from Instagram? Like we tell ourselves these stories. And Mm. if we listen to that storyteller too much, it becomes our reality. And then that becomes a problem because it impacts our behavior. All of a sudden people are like, no, I don't want to record my lift for my coach. It's like, why? When we start thinking about that, it's not because you don't want to. It's it's not because you don't want to. It's because something is telling you that it's a bad or the wrong decision to do. Mm. So yeah, it's really important to sort of, you know, look at yourself and sort of reassess like my emotions are not who I am and the way I feel doesn't have to respond the way I do things. Yeah, it's just a snapshot in time of how you're Mm. feeling. And, yes, it can feel consuming, um, but then rewrite your story, as they say. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the last point, like number four, is just keep Mm. going. Um, And this is like a very obvious one, but you need to desensitize yourself to things. And whenever you start doing something new, just allow yourself to be a beginner. Like Mm. no one starts out at the top. No one starts out like being an amazing squatter, an amazing deadlifter. Um, We all started there. But the only reason why we got through that is because we kept going. Exactly. Imagine if we just woke up and we were where we are now, we wouldn't know how to handle our day-to-day tasks and handle everything because the whole point of, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use, becoming a black belt or climbing to the top of the mountain is everything that you learn along the way. If we got there straight away, you're robbed of that growth and you won't be able Mm. to handle it. It's kind of like people who win Tats Lotto Mm. and then get handed like, $10 million, they lose it straight away because they don't know how to handle it. They haven't earned that $10 million or famous people. They get famous as a kid. And again, they go down a bad path. They just haven't really learned how to handle it. So be okay with being the white belt. Okay. And Mm. get hungry for the ride. Mm. Yeah. The, the, your progress is in the process. It's not the actual thing. Yeah. So a lot of people get fixated on the results, right. And it's got nothing to do with that. And I think that, um, if I remember correctly, like Andrew was talking about this on, on that particular episode where he was saying, get your reward from the actual process, Mm. like the steps that it takes to get there, try and reward yourself intrinsically for those rather than the outcome itself. Mm. And that is so relatable when it comes to fitness, because you might not always be able to hit your strength goals, you know, but then if you can reframe that and be like, but I showed up, you know, and I kept going and that's what I'm going to reward myself for intrinsically, um, then you can actually, I guess, neurochemically get that reward for doing so. Mm. The other thing is like when it comes to being consistent, I think it comes down to expectations that we set on ourselves as well. Mm. So to make sure that we are fostering that white belt mentality or allowing ourselves to be a beginner we also have to lower the bar from time to time and stop aiming for perfection um Mm. but more so excellence which means that i will do my best given my best yeah, and consistency. That's very well said. And that reminds we're just throwing all the resources out today. We've got Mel Robbins, Tony Robbins, whatever else we spoke Andrew about. Huberman. Andrew chocolate. Huberman, chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's an amazing book slash movie that I watched like years ago called The Peaceful Warrior. And it's really about what you just mentioned about um, 
enjoying the journey because he's like a martial artist and he makes yep. fine and he teaches him all his lessons oh it's just bloody awesome and you're is it a movie it, it's a movie and oh, a book it was a book okay. first and then a movie i haven't yep. read the book so i might do that mm. but the movie's just awesome like, what was it called again the peaceful warrior i'll write it down the how good um, we're good at remembering all the book names and things so we don't get messages saying what was that thing we're like yeah yeah remember. yeah <laughs> no, I, need, I need a movie recommendation um, oh how good yeah but it's yeah it's really important to sort of you know allow yourself to be that beginner in everything and not just training mm-hmm. like I've been trying to learn how to use Premiere Pro which is like a software um, I don't even for, know what the hell that is for video editing Adobe one of oh. the it's I've been using the Rush which is like the baby version and I'm like I feel like I'm confident with that and now I'm moving up and I'm like I am so overwhelmed with all Damn. this technology surely you can't hire someone to do that no nah, I just want to be able to do it myself it's quicker and more effective and better fair <laughs> enough yeah um, so you know but to me, I'm like, it's so out of my comfort zone. It's like learning an instrument. It's like learning mm. anything. Mm. And the way that we do one thing is the way that we do everything. It'd be so easy to get really frustrated that it's taking me like an hour to edit this 30-second thing. Or I can be like, I'm going to get quicker and I'm going to get yep. better. And then it's going to become on autopilot. And then I'm going to become proficient at it. You know, you we go. can get frustrated. And sometimes I find myself being like, I wish I started this sooner. Or mm. I wish I did that then. You know, and I can identify pretty quickly how it's not a productive mentality to have. No. It's just about being able to catch yourself out when you are wishing that you were something that you're not yet um, yeah. rather than applying that beginner mentality and that mindset, I'll just keep going and eventually I'll get there. Yeah, and there's no way that I would have wanted to be doing this 10 years ago anyway. Like you kind of think, oh, yeah, as you said, I wish I started earlier, blah, blah, blah. 10 years ago, we were just having fun and living the carefree life, which we were talking about before this podcast. You know, <laughs> it wasn't the right time. Everything no. is the right time now. Yes. I would have looked at my life now and been like, cool, that's really awesome. Like, good on you. But I would have been like, the cruises are over here, mate. Like, yeah, not for me. No, not yet. Not, for not me. yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way of thinking about it. I never really thought about it like that. Like I wouldn't have wanted it right no. back then. You know, it's very cliche, but you just got to trust the timing of everything that you're going through and what you're doing now is determined by off what you've done. So without our experiences and the things that we have done, you wouldn't be where you are now. It's physically impossible. And everyone's exactly. been through their own sort of journey on that pathway as well. Yeah. How mystical. What a good note to end oh, on. What a good ending. So I guess just to like, <laughs> just to quickly recap those four points, like tips for gym anxiety. The first one was around that gradual exposure and just, you know, considering all the things to ease into it, whether that's for yourself or for clients in general, um, mm. just having a gradual approach to anything in life is going to make it more sustainable. Yeah. Oh, I'm going great. Number two, building confidence. Okay. So pre-plan when you can, but also know that you can be flexible. So just having a workout idea um, on your phone will just help. And then also be comfortable in what you're wearing and how you're feeling. Okay. You're you, whether it be a bit of makeup, whether it be covering up a bit more or less, whatever, as long as you know that you're doing things that are going to help you build your confidence. Mm, yeah, for sure. And then increasing dopamine. So i.e., how can I make this more enjoyable or pleasurable? How can I mimic this chemical in my brain? And if you do want a bit more neuroscience on that, definitely head over and listen to Andrew Huberman's podcast because um, mm. he did a really deep dive into that whole concept. Andy, I don't know why I give everyone nicknames, but whatever. And <laughs> number, oh, Gary V again, he's popped in. Mate, if you keep name dropping him, I'm going to get you to organize him to come on the show. How about I that? said to Luke one day, I was like, because you know how he does it randomly? He might go on someone's podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, I should, I should swing him a message. Imagine getting him on level up. Can you? 
I'm serious. I'm sure everyone would love to have him on. He'd, he'd pop in for 30 seconds and go, but that's all you'd need. Oh, I'll think about it. All right. Well, <laughs> everyone who wants Gary V on, let us know, and then Sherelle can organise <laughs> yeah, <okay>. that. <laughs> I'll get my PR. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Luke. <laughs> True, very true. No, he's a very lucky man. Um, and number four, just keep going. Remember, we all started as a beginner and embrace being a beginner, okay? You might feel a bit frustrated at the start, but if you had everything you wanted right now, you will not be fulfilled and you'll be robbed all of the lessons and growth that you will get along the way. Yeah, you only get to be a beginner once. You know, it's so use the, it as an excuse. I'm just just learning. I remember I'd started a job and then a year later I'd be like, oh no, I'm just still a beginner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new here. All of a sudden you're senior. I remember that day. I'm like, oh my God, I have students. I don't know what I'm doing either. <laughs> but whenever when you've got that student mentality, you know, it's it's a, it's a good way to be thinking. It's like I'm forever learning too. Um, there you go. But yeah, we we hope everyone enjoyed this episode and could take something away, whether it's for yourself, like dealing with gym anxiety, because as we elaborated on at the start, it is very common um, at the moment as well, or whether it's just to be able to get some perspective um, for clients. Because if you've been outside of this way of thinking for ten plus years, it can be hard to imagine what it feels like to experience mm. gym, gym anxiety. But yeah, just really want to put this out there because it is super common um at the moment and just something to be mindful of so we hope you enjoyed the episode and if you did please do take a screenshot and tag us on instagram thanks everyone